We fucked up. How? We named our podcast voice video thing the wrong thing. Not so much the wrong thing, but the wrong right thing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. We originally named this podcast the Retail Therapy Podcast. It's a great name. It's so good that there's 10 other podcasts with the exact same name. Including one that could sue the shit out of us. Yeah, there is there's one that is um the retail therapy podcast presented by American Express. Mm. They have the power of international copyright. I don't want to mess with that. So uh welcome to the Minimum Rage Podcast. Every time that you see us uh and we and we say welcome to the retail therapy podcast, it's not the retail therapy podcast. It is the minimum rage podcast. That is your disclaimer. Without further ado, first episode. Enjoy. All right, I have some notes. Good. <laughs> I have notes, and I I think I know what I'm doing. Okay. So, today. Today is the very first episode of the Retail Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the Retail Therapy Podcast, the very first one. This is a podcast that has started with an idea to tell the stories that we all know as retail workers. Uh, We know the Janets, the Jans, the Karens, the Ricks. We've had these experiences, and these are only experiences that you can have if you are paid to be the Operation Human Shield that is customer service. (laughs) The meat shield of the retail world. The meat shield of the retail world. That is correct. Absolutely, we've been called heroes. We've been called human garbage. We've been called everything in between. And for everybody listening, thank you for listening. This is kind of a huge deal for us. This is a lot of fun. Uh, so let's all listen to these stories with an open mind and a little bit of empathy because we have all been the best people in these stories and the worst people in these stories. So let's have some self-awareness and like laugh at ourselves a little bit. So without further ado, Tyler, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. That's I'm good, good, man. All right, so we today are talking about something that could also be a band name, which is Baptism by Register One. (laughs) Oh, no. That's right. So the experience of working at a whole, like, I I was almost going to say Whole Foods. We, we, We didn't work at Whole Foods. We worked at a natural grocery store where... During a pandemic, it was a very weird time. Yeah, it it was one of those places that was definitely, it consisted of the full spectrum of mm-hmm. every ideation possible about the pandemic and about all of the events going on during the pandemic. I mean, that's even an understatement. I mean, like, this became, like... I mean, because like we were all under lockdown, so Mm -hmm. people would come to these grocery stores, these essential establishments, (laughs) and they would use this experience to literally unload their personal baggage, whatever that is, on the customer service people. And it's like I get it; like you're you're cooped up in your house all day. We're we're talking like early days of the pandemic, and like they would come in and they would like applaud us. They'd be like, "You're." You guys Thank are you heroes. so much for being Thank here. You. I cannot help. Oh, yeah. my gratitude. Exactly. And it's like, I kind of miss those days when we all used to like stand on balconies and applaud like frontline workers and stuff. 
like that was like yeah i mean like it was kind of nice to be appreciated but there's this other side of it too where it's like i really didn't like being called a hero because that also implied that i was willing to like die for somebody i'm definitely not willing to die not not to do this like yeah, yeah. no not to sell you your squash yeah oh god no definitely not for squash maybe for watermelon um but <laughs> I, was, I don't even know what that maybe means maybe some high um, quality tofu but god never the squash yeah never the squash though no no one wants squash. No one wants to die for squash. So we have this this one customer that uh, that comes in all the time, and for the sake of the for the sake of the story, we're going to protect his identity. So for the sake of the story, we're just going to call him Henry. And <laughs> it's a name. It's a it's a name that a lot of people have. So this this fellow that comes in, like I want to give everybody a little bit of like background on like who this man is and like his like mannerisms so he's the dude that comes in and his goal is to stress out as many people as he possibly can and to make sure that the questions that he asks are impossible to answer and so he like he sets the stage with like (laughs) with like a you know with like kind of those absurd questions like i saw him like a couple days ago and he comes in and like the first thing he says is where's your seeds (laughs) <laughs> like i don't know what, what kind the, of seed? yeah it's like there's so much information that i'm missing and i cannot answer that question appropriately and so it's like i i have one of two options i can ask for more information which will upset him or i can just try and answer the question but i'm probably going to answer it wrong so I, i'm just not going to do that so i'm like i don't like playing this game because like you're going to win so i'm just going to play real dumb and so when he says things like, where are your seeds? I'm going to be like, I think they're still in the plants. <laughs> and, but like, okay, what seeds? What seeds are we talking about, sir? And then, he's, and then he'll actually like tell me what's going on. But the thing is, is I have developed that uh, defense mechanism, really, mm-hmm. that's kind of like based in a little bit of humor and a little bit of a shield. So it's like he doesn't bother me. He never does because anytime I have an interaction with him, I know that he's going to be as ridiculous as possible. And so I'm going to return the favor. And then we have this weird like back and forth. And I think he likes me. <laughs> so it's you two like, seem to riff off each other whenever yeah. you two are in the same general Indeed. Yeah. And, and your boyfriend recently actually said something super poetic um, after 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 his very first experience with with henry and his line and henry comes through and and Cass, which is tyler's boyfriend uh like was talking to me after and was like you know we really are on the front lines of the war that is customer service and i'm like oh man henry really fucked you up didn't he yeah i know it's like poetic he came home and was talking about henry for at least 45 minutes from the time yeah. he got home to the time we went to bed. It was traumatizing Absolutely. for the poor dude. So that's that generally. So for everybody who's listening, generally, you kind of get an idea for who this person is. We've all we've all seen this person in line in front of us who's like, you know, doing like 15 returns or like whatever it is. And he's just upsetting everybody and trying to create the most stressful possible situation. But to give you just a little bit more character development on this dude before I go into my like my main story of this episode. So like just to give you the full spectrum of who this man is. So like when he was moving and he lived close to this grocery store that we worked at. So when he was moving, he called and he was like, hey, I need boxes. 
And it's like, all right, I think we got some. And it's like, well, what kind of boxes did you need? And he was like, ah, I mean, boxes. I was like, okay. Of the cardboard variety? Exactly. Plastic variety? Right. Like, I mean, like, what are you looking for? Little box, big box. Like, come on, bro. Little box, big box. Are you looking for... Like, whatever it is. And he's like, I'm moving. And I'm like, there's some information I needed. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, we got these boxes that come from this uh, distributor that they send us that are all kind of universal sizes. I'll set them aside for you. If you want to come pick them up, just come pick them up whenever's good for you. I always have like 30. And he's like, well, I need way more than that. And I'm like, okay, cool. We'll get some more. I was like, you may have to make a couple trips. He's like, I don't want to. And I'm like, okay. Well, go to a moving Right, store, yeah, like you a can, grocery store. You can buy boxes. That's totally fine. And then, um, like, it, so anyway, so like, yeah, so there's like boxes that are like stacked up for for this man, and so he, he eventually comes by, and like I open up the garage, uh, the garage door that is like the back room to this place, and I see for the first time what this man drives, and it's. <laughs> Like, weirdly enough, this is, like, kind of a weirdly appropriate thing to talk about. So he drives this, like, 1973 Mercedes of sorts. Sure, right. So this, like, 1973 Mercedes, and that Mercedes, like, it it looks pristine. Like, it's in, like, original condition. And so I see the car, and I was just like, oh, hey, like, that's a pretty cool-looking car, like a vintage Mercedes. And he was like, vintage and I was like, well, I mean, like, what year is it? And he was like, I, he said whatever it was. Like, I think it was a 70-something. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, and I bought it new, and it's going to last for 10 more years, damn it. And I'm like, I was like, okay. I'm so glad for yeah. you. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I was like, you seem real upset, but it sounds like you like the car. And I was like, how many miles does it have on it? And he goes, 220,000, and it's going to get over 300. And I was like, okay. Are you challenging me or the car, right. sir? And, and so like with that being said, I was like, I think he's keeping this thing alive. Like <laughs> it just wants the sweet, sweet release of death. And this man will not let it die. So... This car has no mouth, but it must scream. <laughs> oh God! It it's yeah, it definitely definitely does. Um, but anyways, so it's like so this car, pristine condition, two hundred and twenty thousand miles on it. I don't know how those two things can exist <laughs> like at the same time, but it's like with with this man, it's like it kind of just makes sense. I don't know. I just feel like that's a part of his character that I just need to tell you about. So okay, here is the main story. This is my favorite interaction that I've ever had with this very, very strange man. And he's like, you know, maybe in his late seventies, he's, he's got a little hobble to him. Like, you know, like he's, you know, yeah. Like just wrap your mind around that image and then imagine that, you know, this old man balding, pointy nose, hobbling, coming out of the bathroom at the exact same moment that I was going into the bathroom and he opens the door and I see him and I was like, Oh, Hi. Yep. So I like stand aside and like make room for him. I was like, oh, there you go. And he was just, and the first thing he does is he looks me dead in the eyes and he points at me and he says, you should be fired. And so with <laughs> me, like not having any context what and knowing bathroom, right. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, so you had an experience in here that you are blaming on, on me and how I need to be fired. Okay. So. I 
being me, being like the sarcastic, don't even know what to do with this kind of thing. I like he, you should be fired. And so I go, okay, that's the first time ever anybody's ever said that to me in the bathroom before. <laughs> I was like, what's what's actually going on? And he goes, huh? Uh, there's no toilet paper in the stall. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, that's that's a super easy fix. I've got more of that. Let me run to the back. I will fill up the toilet paper. I'll be back in a few minutes. And he's like, no. And he interrupts and he throws this wad of like, like paper towels. He, and he tries to hit the trash can, but it misses and it hits the floor. And he's just like, leaves it there. And he looks at me and then he goes, I'm not in the mood anymore. What, what did you need the toilet paper for, sir? Because... Uh, right. So, yeah. And it's just like in a moment like that, you're like, okay. Like, I just learned way too much about your personal habits. And like, here I am just trying to go to the bathroom. And it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll put my needs on hold for a minute so that I can make sure that you have the toilet paper that you require. But the response to be like, I'm not in the, the mood. mood. It's like, do you have to be in the mood to make a BM? I'm hoping, because, it, I'm like, hoping that's what... <laughs> right, and and it's like, uh, I don't even want to entertain what the other options could be. Like, if if it's not in the mood to... It, you know what, let's stop there. So, you got to be in the mood to poop. And now I'm, like, worried about your blood pressure a little bit. I'm worried that, you know, like, okay, if you're not going to make, you know, movements, unless you're in the mood, like, how long has it been? Like, has it been a couple days? Like... Are they you? have a pill for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, good times. Good times. Oh, so, yeah. I'm not in the mood anymore. <laughs> yeah. It, it, right. There's. You just have to wrap your head around that whole experience and just have to be like, okay, I'm going to take it. I'm just going to take a step back. And, like, he, like, walks away. And then I, I'm now left to go to the bathroom in this bathroom by myself. And I'm just like, why do I... Why do I feel like weirdly guilty and like how I like I I can't wait to tell someone this story, mm-hmm. but it's also like a story that I, it's like a little inappropriate to tell a coworker. So I started a podcast where I tell <laughs> all you strange people. Strange people is probably With not the right term. With an ex coworker. With an ex coworker, yeah. Tyler and I used to work at this place together. Oh man, yeah. So that that <laughs> is the story that is baptism by register one. The weird thing is, like, I worked at this grocery store, grocery store, for a year plus, not mm-hmm. too terribly long. And everyone had these stories with Henry. I never had, like, a strong interaction with the dude. I don't know if I always caught him on a day where he was, like, in a quote-unquote good mood. Maybe he was in the mood for a BM. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, I always wanted one because I I was the guy that, like, I wanted to be in the center of the drama that customers would bring to us, almost to a fault. Yeah. Which tended me, tended to land me in situations, especially within my first couple of weeks there, Mm -hmm. of getting way too much information from people who think because we work somewhere that sells quote unquote healthy things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. obviously I I've gone to college, gotten my PhD in medicine. Oh man. Yeah. I feel like that's like a subject matter of like a whole episode in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I 
the first thing the first thing that like made me realize like oh this isn't going to be just a normal grocery store job working there was two weeks in this is like a couple months deep mm-hmm. into the pandemic everyone knows what's going on no one's confused everyone's like okay wear a mask stay six feet away from me cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well when i started here no one gave me the heads up of like hey by the way we get some absolute bonkers human beings coming into this place so okay so i was i was your boss mm. i was one of your bosses at this at this job that that you got at this or nature's nature's grow groceries garden of eden the <laughs> garden of, hardly <laughs> uh, uh, you gotta work on what the garden looks like um but anyways, so it, we had no idea, though. Like, that was the other part of this. Is like, this is like, I had no idea how crazy our customers were. We always knew they're a little off, but like, they're just a little different. And they're just free-spirited, and there's a lot of hippies that live around here, like, whatever it is, you know. But like, honestly, the pandemic, like, opened the door to crazy. Absolute nuts. And this was also the time, and the only reason I'm bringing this up mm-hmm. is because it is pertinent to this specific story. This is also right around the time where like QAnon started to really, really go nuts. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm helping this one customer. I've been here two weeks. So I know a lot about certain things, things that I was already interested in and practically nothing about everything else. So whenever a customer's like, hey, can you help me with this two, one of these two specific things? It's like, hey, I know those. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This customer comes in. Hey, I need some help with the kombucha. All right. Got you. So we go to the kombucha section and we're, you know, sifting through and he's reading all the ingredients. Cool. That's normal at mm-hmm, this point. Mm-hmm. People really care about what they're putting in their body. Great. But I noticed like, oh, this guy's not wearing a mask. And our store policy right now is like, hey, you have to wear a mask. Right. And, oh, for like two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I bring it up to him. It's like, hey, man, I noticed you don't have a mask. If you want, I can go grab you a temporary one from up front. They're completely free. Not a big deal. I get it. Although it's like, yes, it's a big deal, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so much to unpack. And yeah. he like... Whenever I said that, he was like bent over looking at kombucha and he like straightened up and like rotated his head and like looked at me for a second and goes, I don't believe in the virus. And I'm like, I understand that you may not, but our company policy and he goes, your company has no power over the kingdom of heaven, sir. Oh. And at that moment, at this time, I, you know, I had like very Mm. limited experience mm-hmm. dealing with customers mm-hmm. with how grocers wants me not nadu mm-hmm. we'll blow that <laughs> yeah yeah i got beep sound effects uh this company wants me to deal with things like that so i go into mine where andrew deals with things with humor i just get really sarcastic and rude mm. and i'm like sir the kingdom of god is like a future idea like if you want to talk theology we can go all day oh man let me get you a mask and then we can do whatever you want to do from there or you are more than welcome to leave there are other stores in this area that sell the same kombucha 
so the thing that I that I'm just thinking about, like I'm so sorry, I don't want to interrupt or interject, but like there's this one thing that you that you said that he said, or that he said, um, which is like okay, so he he like stands himself up and turns towards you and he says, I don't believe in the virus. And like, it's like, it's one of these things where it's like, I kind of want to give him the, 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 the evangelical virus <laughs> speech and be like, but the virus believes in you, sir. You know, <laughs> because like he then tried to like turn around and just tell you like I, the kingdom of heaven and God and all this. It's the same kind of deal. Now, listeners, if you couldn't, if you couldn't, tell from just this small interaction that we're talking about here uh tyler and i do believe in the virus we do actually trust the science on the virus we are pro taking whatever precautions are necessary in order to protect as many possible within a you know within what we can do without getting to a point of where it's just absolutely ridiculous like i'm not a person who thinks that zero deaths is the only acceptable number. Yes, that's an ideal, but like, we're not going to have that. But I still think that like something as simple as like wearing a mask, like what's the worst case scenario? You smell your own breath. Your that's nose really is a little it. itchy if you have a mustache. Exactly. Like, oh, which yeah, I definitely, yeah. yeah. There were times where I was like, I think my mustache is in, in. my nose. It's giving me a COVID test right, right. now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's so gross. Uh, but like, it's the same thing with like the faith over fear thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like someone says faith over fear and it's like, but you're so terrified of like something like just the science based on like a vaccine or a virus or something, but you say faith over fear and it's like, sounds like you're pretty fearful. I don't mm-hmm. know. And like, I could literally turn around and use your same faith over fear argument, but like to work against your case. Yeah, exactly. It's anyways. Yeah. Sorry. Proceed. Yeah. So I, I smart smart back at this guy, and it's like, man, that's fine, but you either need to wear a mask or you need to leave. Like, those, yeah. are, those are your only two options, mm-hmm. which I learned later was not an appropriate response, but nonetheless. And he goes, oh, is that so? Well, I'll have you know that I am part of a certain group that will make sure this company is torn down and that all of you damn Dems are executed and at that executed. point i'm like Jesus oh Christ. i've heard this line before oh. you're one of those q nuts mm. and i i don't say that out loud that's kind of like internal monologue and i mm. stand there and i'm like aghast i'm like what did he did he just threaten me mm. okay so i'm like you know what let's grab your kombucha i'll check you out and you can head on back and he goes oh well that's a good change of heart nothing a good healthy dose of fear can't do and i i don't think i ever told anyone this because i Mm. was like this feels like a story that would cause me to have to do paperwork uh you know i mean it's this is one of those things where like i don't think anybody was really clear on like what any of the policies were at that time because like everything kept changing it changed every two months but also it was one of those things like this was a borderline like physical threat like oh it was i will threat. have you executed I will, yeah i would say a threat of execution is a threat <laughs> like i'm gonna go out on a limb here um <laughs> yeah a threat of execution is a threat and and like when someone says something like that then it's just like yeah 
Yeah, they're going to have to leave regardless. It's not even about like a mask at this point or a policy. Yeah. And yeah, and it's one of those things too where it was really frustrating like as a employee of this uh, you know, of this establishment where it was like we wanted to enforce the right things. We wanted to do the right things for all the people that were there and and for for ourselves. Because there was this new thing that was happening where it was like a virus and like some people were dying and it was like a thing. And we're like, um, you know, we should probably take some precautions. Right. And then like. The cicadas, man. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think my neighbor just started buzzsawing something. Yeah. But for the record, that was not dead air. That was um, us listening closely to whatever that sound is. This podcast studio is a converted garage. Uh, this <laughs> this is just a green screen. Um, actually, no, there's an actual fireplace behind me, but it's it's like uh, you know, yeah. You should see what's on the other side of the cameras. It's not as nice. Um, anywho, yeah. So it's like things kept changing, like on a regular basis, and it's like, and that's kind of how it went, and that's how a lot of people got super confused as to like what to do mm-hmm. during the pandemic is because like CDC came out, and I remember the official word where CDC said, um, actually, uh, don't wear masks. We don't see the need for like two weeks. Yeah, for and for two or three weeks, went to hell so fast. And then they're like, don't wear gloves, don't wear a mask, and everybody was wearing gloves and masks. And they were like, try to save those resources for the hospitals and the frontline workers that need them. And they're like, really, the only mask that we think truly works is the N95, and those are kind of short supply. So like, don't use those right now. And we were like, okay. And then it came out like, okay, well, actually a cloth mask, if everybody wears them, might be a good thing. And it was like, that that definitely caused some confusion. And it wasn't that like anything changed or like that the CDC changed their mind about what they wanted us to do because we're puppets. It was just, they learned something new and adapted their recommendations. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, a lot of people didn't really understand it in that context. And so that created some tense... Uh, interactions and like, I mean, like working at a grocery store during a pandemic where there are recommendations that go back and forth on masks and things that was just like, it was kind of like working at a circus and it still is a little bit to this day. <laughs> um, yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, well, I think that that's going to wrap up episode one of the Retail Therapy Podcast. If you're listening, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for spending the time to talk to us here today or just to listen to us talk to ourselves. And subscribe. We are just like a delicate flower that needs sunshine and water. We need subscriptions and likes and sharing and all that other fun stuff. Tell people about it. We exist. Hoorah. Hoorah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.